I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet. Welcome to the Active Topical Banter Show, RP Gamers Editorial Roundtable Podcast. I am Scott Walker, and with me tonight are my spooky co-hosts. I'm Sam Walker. I'm married to this crotchety guy. I'm Trent Seely. I'm uh, RP Gamers Resident Survival Horror King. <laughs> I am Michael Cunningham, and um, yeah, I don't do horror RPGs very often, but you know what? That doesn't mean a thing. Well, it doesn't mean a thing because tonight's topic is how horror RPGs don't work. They well, don't. Good. They don't. I can, I can definitely talk about that. Well, well, I, I think I think we we should be a, a little fair and say they they do work in the sense that these games can be played and and can be completed. Okay, that well, that is a fair sentiment. What like I, like uh, they, they they work in the sense that uh, a game that a attempts to be both uh, role-playing and horror uh, are are not inherently broken. <laughs> okay. They, 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 <laughs> if you put point. it in your PS4, it will run. There we go. Yes, doesn't crash. Are, are, there, are there horror RPGs on the PS4? No. No. Let's take a step back. Yeah, we should step back. Step back and... because Yes, and, and talk about what constitutes a horror RPG, just to give uh, the people listening a, a decent frame of reference. Well, I, I actually wanted to step it back a little further because I think I what I want from horror and what I think is horror is drastically different from what game designers seem to think horror means. Because I'm I'm talking about you know like you know personal horror, body horror, existential horror, and um. Game designers are like Boo Haunted House. They really like Not Boo Haunted House, man. Not... No, I mean obviously there's things like I'm, I have played horror there, there, games there's, that I there's like. There's psychological horror. There's there's different varieties of video game induced horror that that I would say perfectly fit the bill. Yeah, that's true. I have played some games that were very horrible, um, but I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. What we're yeah, the only horror games. RPG that really counts is Time and Eternity. Uh... <laughs> That is, Crystal I don't know. Mugen kind of... Soul Z was up there. I was oh, gonna yeah. say we all have our forms of personal horror and personal hell. Yeah, that's I hope what, you're listening. What we're wheels. talking about today. I hope I, as, Poor wheels. I, so, so back to what you were saying, Scott. Um, when you're talking personal horror and existential horror, I, I think you're getting a little bit too deep for video games to really dig their claws in. I think you know what I've seen games get close though. Like I do think Amnesia: The Dark Descent had inklings of it, and I I actually really liked um, Eternal Darkness. And I am you know what I'm I'm not sad that that company died because that company deserved to die, but I'm I'm sad that they didn't get that sequel out. <laughs> As did its successor, technically called Precursor. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that whole shaboingle. Uh, uh, yeah. well, I, I met one of the writers on that game recently. She was she was keen on what was in it. Well, that, and I guess for me, like when I think about horror games, like the RPG genre is just not the first thing I would I think of. So the games that try to meld RPG, you know, and horror just often don't work in my brain. Well, I, I just don't think they work. I think what I appreciate in horror video games is a sense of dread and tension and a little bit of powerlessness. 
and having and and also the unknown i'll mention that it's it's unknown or and or unknowable and when you start pinning things down it's it just kind of completely disappears like you know what it the the first section of resident evil 4 is pretty tense and then you get gun upgrades and you have this promise of having like rad awesome uzis and semi-automatic shotguns and i'm like okay i know where i am now this this is an action game (laughs) yeah yeah i'm with you all I, i like horror games there's been plenty that i've played you know the original resident evil kind of has a bit of it silent hill 2 um you know things like clock tower those work because they're designed that way they are really laid out in that structure you know sam and i will probably mention until dawn quite a bit and there's just things like that they may not be the perfect you know horror game but they've got good elements but when it comes to rpgs it's a, it's a little like like there was that Silent Hill RPG on the Vita that was just Diablo but with pyramid oh, head. Can we can we call that an RPG per se? It's, like, for it's, the sake of this conversation, for we can. it is within the genre spectrum. It is a third person looter. Yes, yes, okay, okay. Uh, and, and to be fair, that's not that's not the intention of that game was never to be horrific you know like it, the, the the designers really did just do a palette swap on diablo's formula mm-hmm. and uh it, it, it had fan service it's it's not as though it, it didn't offer something to some silent hill fans i personally didn't love it but um if if i can throw my two cents in uh, the reason why i have problems with an amalgamation of role-playing games and survival horror games or even just horror games in general is that i feel like there needs to be a sense of desperation and quick response and uh coping with limited actions and uh, uh feeling almost enclosed by the game and and the problem with putting that in an rpg's context is that rpgs offer you a number of options and your ability to play a role-playing game well is defined as basically whether you can pick the best option, right? I feel like if we're playing like a Final Fantasy game, it's easy enough to know, oh, I'm fighting a, 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 a ice creature, I'm going to use fire. Or, or my person's about to die, I'm going to use one of the 99 potions in my inventory. Yeah, and and that's it. Is... Like, there is a wide selection of choice, and there is always there there's always a best action for the right context. And Whereas that... in a in, in a horror game, it's to 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 try and put you in that and be like, okay, well, you have extremely limited choices. The odds of you dying are really good. Uh, you don't know what's about to happen to you. I'm gonna slow things down and force you to choose your next action. It just it removes the tension from yeah. the game, and it also makes it feel a bit too constricted, I find. Well, and I think, just going on what you said, because I totally agree with that. I mean, you also have the difference between how Japan does horror versus how the West does horror. If you look at the horror RPG, RPGs that exist in Japan, you know, we have games like Kudelka, which in some ways does attempt tension in a lot of ways. Like, such as it gives you the breakable weapons. Again, the encounter rate in that game is horrific, so that's kind of like a personal hell for somebody. It, and again, it is personal hell. <laughs> and again, and like, and it uses gothic 
personal aesthetics. It's it's a very Byron-esque game in a lot of ways, based on what it's borrowing from. But Kudelka's problem is, is the encounter rate. Because you have a JRPG-style encounter rate on top of turn-based combat, you're kind of stuck with this that well, that tension level just being taken away I, from you right this away. Is, this is my issue, is that it puts it on the screen. Yeah. It puts too much on the screen. Like, breakable weapons are a great thing in a horror game. Don't tell me. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't give me a clue as to when this golf club's gonna give That's, out. And Kudelka was bad for that. It really was. I, I, find, I find, as a general rule, the best horror games are the ones that really strive to not allow the game's mechanics or or what have you to to break the illusion that you're in the midst of something like the ones that have a screen that's free of a hud or or a ui interface you know when a game is constantly assaulting you with statistics and and warning messages and menus it makes you realize that you're playing a game like it, it removes that immersion i find and you know, I'll give some points to Dead Space for putting so much of what you needed to know in context. Like, it, it's dumb that your spine tells tells you exactly how healthy it is, but it's something you can just look at. You, you don't have to look away from the character or the action to know what that is. Well, and even just the little menu interface is done really well in that game because it's not too big. You know, you get a sense of, okay, like... I can still change my weapons, whatever. Well, but it doesn't pause the game. It doesn't pause the game, which is actually the best part, because you could easily be doing that and then, oh no, it's like something's eating your face. But at the same time, I think there's there's an element of game design. Once you understand the rules of how something works, you you immediately play it the most efficient way. Like Dead Space, again, is a fun little thing. Sometimes the bodies on the floor are just bodies, and sometimes they're space zombies. And the only way to tell, the best way to tell, is that space zombies are characters and dead bodies are physics objects. So you just have to walk around gravity gunning everything you see. Yeah. Yep. And you just do that. And the atmosphere <laughs> dies when you yeah. realize that that's how you just have and, to progress. And, and again, that's, that's a horror game, and it's it, it's it's an interesting example of a horror game. But to get back to like RPGs, I I, I know a lot of people's go to is is Kadelka. I honestly don't feel like it is a horror game. I think it's dark. I think it's brooding. I think it fits the same kind of mold that um, Bloodborne fits. Again, I think it's but, aesthetics, though. Trend is more what I was thinking with Kadelka. Well, Kodelka. I mean, aesthetics is, is one thing, but that that just gives us back but to, to the haunted oh, no. and that's that what i mean it that's the problem with a lot of the japanese games is it's would, would, more would, aesthetic would, versus would, actual gameplay i well in it, to, to that point though if if we were to call kudelka a, a horror rpg is shadow hearts a horror rpg well that's just it i think some people would say at least the first one was Right, because the first one was again, but again, it's a case of aesthetics. Shadow Hearts is one of those series where, once again, you know, it uses Arkham style horror as a fate. Well, not Arkham, um, the frig is it called? Again, it went from, again, it's sort of gothic. Like again, the original games focus more on like the Byronism it, type. Horror, it's dark. Whereas, it's morose. Yes, I get it, and that's yeah. what I mean. And but where Shadow Hearts is different, of course, is the fact that you have a character who can transform into demons. And, like, rip heads off and stuff like that. And, yeah. again, it's, it's totally aesthetic. 
because you don't really get a sense of tension when you play Shadow Hearts. You get the fun elements where it's more tongue-in-cheek and it's a little bit more humorous in how it's approaches. I mean, if you look at yeah. Keith the Vampire, Keith the Vampire will make you pee your pants well, laughing because he's ridiculous. And that's it, though, is I think it has to be a space where you get one joke. Yeah. You get one they, joke. They, I'm, I'm sure our listeners, uh, at least the few that are willing to comment on this episode, are probably going to highlight... Uh, Parasite Eve as being a decent example of uh, a horror RPG. And I would I would agree to some extent, but um, as far as I'm concerned, Parasite Eve is Resident Evil. Yeah, where the combat has been taken from a I pull my gun out and I press a button to something in which a whole bunch of menus and ranges are a part of it. Again, Parasite Eve suffers from the fact that. The moment you go into combat, the moment the immersion ends. Well, it's 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 weird, um, and and this draws back to to Scott's point that it doesn't work because I enjoy the battles in Parasite Eve. I legitimately enjoy the like battles. You look forward to. Them. They're fun. They actually are but, fun and but, they're challenging. But those battles are are JRPG battles. They are yep. turn. They're they're active time turn based JRPG battles um and i love them because i love jrpgs they don't work in the context of horror there's no tension there you're so busy trying to move your character out of the line of fire and and queue up the next attack it's not about survival it's not about having enough herbs at bay or preparing yourself you, you never feel like you're at a loss of of hp items at least i never did I, because it because it was structured in an RPG in the same vein as like a Final Fantasy game, at least as far as battles and character development went, I always knew how to grind and buff my character up so that nothing really presented that much of a threat, and that takes away from the horror experience. Taking take if we were to split the game into its um, like walking around environments gameplay and it's in combat gameplay and if they were judged separately on their individual merits i would have to say that the battles are great and the exploration and the creepiness and the whole mythos behind eve that that's really great too but together it doesn't jive and i don't think enough people take the time to realize that well it comes across as a hodgepodge is the problem i mean and that and that's Sorry. true. That's definitely true. And it it just it just highlights my my usual issues. Well, that's just it. Like when you look at like the JRPGs, they're very more focused on like designing the monsters to look horrific and to be scary and and whatnot. But well, again, I think they overdesign the monsters. Oh, absolutely! I, like there are games I mean, that do it. Like th- this is kind of true of a lot of video games. Is that they they tend to overdesign the creatures and they. And because they spend so much time designing them, they want you to get a good look. Like, Doom 3 was supposedly a a horror game, and every monster gets introduced with, like, a cutscene that lets you look at it. Because you weren't going to see it any other way. No, no. See, that's not good. What I like, I enjoy when RPGs try this without trying it, if that makes any sense at all. I don't want a game where... 
they've done something like Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve was its own thing. It never really was scary to me. It felt more like a JRPG that they tried to shoehorn horror into, you know, with that story. The one example that I will probably touch on and say actually works really well, some people may say the Souls games, but I'd say Bloodborne's one of the better examples of psychological horror. Well, okay, that that finish your thing because that's going to lead me to a point about Lovecraft. <laughs> okay, because that's exactly what that game is, is you go from thinking one thing, you've, you kind of start off with the whole psychological horror of not knowing where you are, not knowing what's going on. You know, you're still playing a Souls-type game, so, you know, there's the challenge that comes with that. It's not your slow-paced uh, turn-based combat. But then things kind of twist mid-game, and you go from thinking you understood what was going on with, you know, beasts and werewolves and stuff like that, and it's no longer a werewolf game, it's a Lovecraft game. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that is something that I think more RPGs should draw from, draw from and that is Lovecraft, because uh, one, of the, one of the major themes of Lovecraft is that you don't know you have to know, and knowing will make it worse. So things like Bloodborne and Darkest Dungeon, even though the the latest few patches have made it just grindy as hell. There's it, that you don't know, and it makes like you very you, uncomfortable. You, you don't know, it makes you uncomfortable, but and the more you learn, the worse it gets for you. Yeah, actually, and Eternal Darkness manages this too. I want to agree with you about Darkest Dungeon, actually, because a few times that you let me play it, I mean, you really don't know what's around the corner for you. And if your characters have been beaten to hell, you know, the next thing that you're going to encounter is probably 10 times worse than what you just dealt well, with. And that's it. Because the game the game happens at, at, at a step removed. You you are managing a crew of people that are clearing out this this horror that, the, you know, you're clearing out the Dunwich building or the Mountains of Madness. And it kind of encourages you to be really callous. Like, there's a point where it's like, you're just like, you know what, I got six good runs out of this guy. Sure, he's level three, but he's too broken to bother, so peace well, out. Well, and like, not just you that. Are, you will grind through as many people as the dungeons do. One of my favorite aspects, though, of that game, and I think this is actually really fantastically done, is, you know, when you get hit with fear, or when you get hit with, like, selfishness, um, when you get those kind of status effects, and the way in which the characters behave... You start to lose a little bit of control of them. And while it's frustrating for you as the player because, you know, you want to be do successful well. and do well, that little bit of takeaway is just enough to make it difficult and frustrating. But it actually comes across really realistic as well because, let's face it, at some point you're going to go into cabin fever mode being stuck in this dungeon for Lord knows how long. <laughs> um, and yeah. it's great. Like, just you see the characters' reactions when they go into that sort of state. And it's really cool. It really is. Like, I actually think that that's one and of the better And they kind of wrecked it, actually. The, they, the new patch? The, not even the newest one. Like, three patches back. Oh. They um, added a... They basically doubled the stress bar where they break, and then you see them get the, the, the madness effect. And then the bar starts filling again, and if it fills up all the way, they have a heart, heart attack and die. I don't like that. Yeah. There's lots of games that do things like that. Going back to Bloodborne, that's one of the kind of status effects that you can run into in that game is frenzy. And it's not really implemented well, 
But what it is is there are certain enemies that you'll see, and when you have that direct eye contact or interaction with them, you get, you know, you start losing your sanity. Um, so you start getting more and more hurt. It almost acts kind of like a poison. And it builds up, and eventually, you know, you take more damage, or you do less damage. And in concept, it's good, but the problem is the implementation in the game means that most things that will hit you with frenzy will do it so fast and build that meter up so fast, you die almost instantly. And any of the things you can take, you can take like sedatives in the game to slow that down but it doesn't outpace the frenzy itself. So there's really not a good implementation, even though in concept, it's a good idea. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I guess the the other example, and it's it's a sacred cow of gaming, is System Shock 2. And System Shock 2 has a really great atmosphere. There's a lot of claustrophobia. Um, the just, just generic monkey sound gives me chills because it's like, oh, those monkeys, they're, they're a tough enemy. But at the same time, uh, there's a lot of things that System Shock 2 does wrong. So it it's just that there's a lot of the game that it's like once you've got a handle on it around deck four, it, it stops being scary until they introduce a new monster that's basically unkillable unless you spec the right way, which you didn't spec the right way because you didn't know to prepare for it. Most people don't. <laughs> yeah, that and that's it, though, is the game is kind of like... You can level up any way you like, but there's only one build that you have to follow to the letter to actually proceed. That can be said about so many different games and so many different genres in the sense that you can feel really overwhelmed by a game until you figure out how to break it. And then suddenly the tension's just not there anymore. Oh yeah, like degenerate strategy is something that... Again, I'm going back to Dead Spaces. Like the degenerate strategy will always break horror. It will always do it. Hmm. You see, like I'm, I'm confused by the RPGs that like the idea of like status effect horror because, like what Mac was talking about, the frenzy Shadow Hearts does the same thing, and it's been consistent in all three games where you have sanity points, <laughs> and once your sanity's gone, your characters start murdering each other. Ooh. Yeah, and actually, like, oh. they hit really hard, too, so you, you usually die if you don't cure that right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, it comes across very awkwardly at the same time, because just out of nowhere, all of a sudden, oh, they're insane, you need to fix this. They just I, took yeah. the confusion status effect and yeah. did something different. I, I was not a fan of, of that, personally, because... I wasn't either. <laughs> just because you dread something doesn't mean it's the right kind of pressure. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it just means it's another thing to deal with. Yeah. I mean, if it, if you add another meter and it's just another stat to manage the yeah. way you have to manage your MP, yeah. it, it's see, just, yeah. See, like, Sanity and Eternal Darkness was, I, <laughs> I, I dare to say, breathtaking because... It, it uh, colored the way that you viewed the game. Like, things that were previously innocuous look terrifying now. Your game would make it look uh, like your game saves were being deleted right in front of you. Like, <laughs> like it would it, stop trying to scare the character and scare the player. It would, it would, it, it would, it would pull a, a Hideo Kojima and just mess with you directly. It, it, it didn't just break the fourth wall. Well, it was why I was it, so excited it, for it, PT. It didn't even recognize the fact that the fourth wall was even there, you know? So, 
Well, Allison Rowe, you keep, you're, you're going to keep an eye on that too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. What do, <laughs> what do people think of games like Persona 3, for an example, where there are elements where they know how to build tension in a sort of pseudo-horrific way? Well, and I'm thinking okay. more of like, for I, example... No. No. And again, I, I think would, I would never consider that. I would never consider it horror either, but I like to think it's it sometimes dark. It's yeah. dark. It's like, it's it is it does have that Lovecraftian thing, but ultimately you win. Well, yeah. And I, you I think, win well. Like it, like it, something it, about horror endings is that you win, but you win barely, barely at a at an obscene cost and like again, it's 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 something about Lovecraft is that the love the madness is always trying to get out. You won, but guess what? You wrote this all down. Someone's gonna read it and do it again. Yeah, I'm. I here. Here's my thing on on Persona Three, and it's a game that I've played more than once, and I really enjoy. I think if I were to review it, I'd probably give it a four out of five. I really respect the game. I don't think I. It, it, in terms of how it approaches. Uh, horror aesthetics or or atmosphere and it is an atmospheric game i kind of feel like it's a poser you know what i mean like it's a game that's really trying in a number of ways to seem darker than it actually is i mean one thing i i guess i was trying to hint at with persona 3 and, and to an extent persona 4 is um yes there's the aesthetic part of it but i was thinking more of the fact that there is a personal horror for some of the characters yes it's called high school yeah. Well, besides high school, but I, <laughs> well, mean, I think I think they, I, mean, well, I think I mean, they like, could have like amped up the horror of high school. Death, I get it. You know, there 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 are human fears <laughs> there, and I appreciate that, especially where you know you have these protagonists that are essentially your avatars. You really do relate to the players, and when they're going through these personal crises, I get that degree of horror certainly. Um, well, I mean, but... I look at some certain characters that I think do have it worse than others. Like, I think of Naoto and I think of Kanji, where they really, when they come to understand that personal horror, well, no, it cause... really does shake them down well, until the game basically says, no. by the way, it's fine. No, because you confront your darkest horror, self and no, you hug so. it. Yeah. Okay. Like someone else shows up to beat up the monster that is the, yeah, your repressed okay. urges to yeah, and we, then we, you we were... hug it. Well, then we, what about we, a game we like having... Catherine? Because Catherine actually, I think, is a really neat concept if you're looking at horror. Well, it's nightmarish. I wouldn't call it horror, though. Ah, I think it's the I think, Japanese style of horror. It's I think comedic. it is just reflecting one man's psyche in a very dark and broken way. Psychological. Horror. Like there, there is some. There's a psychological element to it, but it's also just it. It's a puzzle game. Oh, I know. Well, I'm not saying that, that that part is what I was referring to, but I, I mean, I think of the story of Catherine and I think about, well, that's how... it though, is they express the story of Catherine with Cubert. <laughs> I get that. No, like no, if, if no. this was a game of hide and seek in a dark maze with your personal demons, like killer. That's, babies. A, that's a story. That's a horror game. Those well, parts are not the real horror of the game though. The horror is the inter- non-interactive story bits where, you know, Catherine is with Vincent, and then next thing you know, other Catherine's coming in, and he's having to deal with the back and forth between that. that I, don't, I don't know. My personal—that's the same. My personal <laughs> hell in those Cuber sections was totally watching Bride Catherine climb up the, you know, up your obstacle course, and she's like breaking shit, and she's like the Bride of Frankenstein. And I was like, 
I don't like this game right now. And then Killer Baby. Oh my god, well, see, Killer if, Baby. If they'd expressed this the way Silent Hill 2 expressed right. James's personal demons, <laughs> then that's a horror game. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Catherine is a high, heavy narrative Cubert. Yeah. And I mean, we've kind of been dancing around a subject that I, I want to bring up is that a monster is scary. A thousand monsters is Dead Island. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think um, I, I love the Silent, the Silent Hill games. You guys all know this about me. Um, Silent Hill they're 4. They're lovable. They really are. <laughs> <laughs> I, they're, they're great. Um, not Silent Hill 4. Silent Hill Homecoming. Um, because it was made by an American team, and I don't mean to generalize, but I do feel like North American horror is different than Japanese horror in a number of ways. Um they try to induce fear by throwing as many enemies at the player as possible instead of allowing the player to question whether there are enemies around and be careful about his movements. You know, instead you would have five guys coming at you and your first thought wouldn't be, can I run from this? It would be... How many which TVs web, which, do I have which, stuffed into my vest? No, no, it would be... No, you're thinking of Silent Hill Origins. Okay. Um, yeah, it would, it would actually be... Um, which weapon should I pull out and which quick hit combo should I use so that they can't fight me back? How come In, homecoming was silent Hill five, right? If, if you're willing to apply numbers to it, then yeah, I, okay. I suppose. Yeah. That kind of sounds like something until Dawn does. And I'm, I know Scott's going to kill me for bringing it up, but 20 seconds. <laughs> There's a scene in Until Dawn at the very beginning where you go down to the basement with Josh and there's a baseball bat. And if you ignore the baseball bat, then it's not something Sam sees later on in the game. So when you're being chased by like the psycho that's existing in the house, if you remember to look at the baseball bat at the beginning of the game, Sam remembers it's there and she can clock him with it. But if you don't see it, you know, she's just running and screaming well, that, at the top of her lungs. Well, that's it, though. It's... It's this that that is a weird mechanic where you have to rub you you have to hit X button to remember it happened like the character you have to show the character the thing. Yeah, I mean so it comes up much it. later, but I mean Sam can still defend herself in other ways. Like the game doesn't mean like oh my god you didn't find the baseball bat and therefore like he's gonna get you. The game is nice enough to actually be like no you know you have a couple more options try to use them. What I like about Until Dawn is the fact that. You do get the sense of tension and horror from well, it, okay. from the mechanics. I'm 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 going to shoot until no. dawn to ribbons by saying it's it it is specifically emulating slasher. Well, that and slasher is not horror. Slasher is morality play. Fine, you can win <laughs> on that front. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that I like the fact that when I play a game like Until Dawn or even Walking Dead, that once in a while I get emotional and I get uncomfortable. I like the feeling of uncomfortable when I am playing a game. Sometimes, well, I mean that that Walking feeling can happen. Will. Yeah, and that's it. It it like The Walking Dead is a wonderful role playing game in that you play a role. Yeah, and I like I, and I like the narrative it tries to give you branches in. I mean, you can kind of playing it twice or the save file borking three times. Telltale. <laughs> will give you a really good look at how much of a wizard's choice that is, but not a wizard's choice, a magician's choice. Wizard's choice is, I don't know, the end of Holy Grail. <laughs> but that that's, again, why like I like to play those kinds of games, because for me, I'm fulfilling a role, which is something that 
actual role-playing horror games just don't do. I get emotional. I get invested. I mean, that's why I played Until Dawn so many stupid times. Because even though I know what's going to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. there's that, how can I kill this person in a different way to make me feel something else? Or will it surprise me if I do something different? Um, And I'm not going to spoil it. Don't spoil the game yet. I haven't played it. I'm not, but I'm just saying... The fact you've already that, told me too much. I already know to look for a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just it. Like when you play a horror game, I feel like, or yes, you can make fun of the slasher game. I still need to be emotionally invested, mm-hmm. and that has to be, come from good writing. The guy who wrote Until Dawn, for an example, has written so many horror films, you know, and it's part of the reason why I think that game works so well is that they had someone at the helm who kind of understood how the science of horror works. What, what will work for some people might not necessarily work for someone else, but he always stressed, especially in the making of videos that you can watch with him talking about it is like, is that you have to have the emotional connection. Well, and I'm kind of curious as to, you know, who is writing the good horror games out there. And Especially when it goes back to RPGs, that's one thing we were kind of going on here, is what would it even take to make one that really was a good, strong horror RPG? What would it take for you all to really be engrossed in a new, you know, if you were making a horror RPG today, what elements would you put in there? Well, okay, there's there's something coming up soon, and it's going to be from the tabletop sphere, but it is the... um, Pelgrim Press is going to release a lone wolf version of uh, the gumshoe system where it's one GM and one player. And they're launching it with a 1940s Cthulhu Mythos game set in LA. And I am very curious to see what that game has to offer because it's going to launch with a lot of scenarios, not just... um, scenarios that are somewhat pre-scripted somewhat non-linear and i'm curious to see what that design can do because again it is specifically lovecraftian and because it is a two-person experience it's going to be similar to a dialogue between a player and a game designer and it won't have me in the corner cracking jokes about you know and ruining the mood because that's what i do whenever someone tries to run horror (laughs) I'm usually nice enough to bow out for that campaign. <laughs> but you know what? Tabletops, so, they have that versatility that they can get away with a lot. I think video games, because you're constricting them into Well, this is it, it is. though, is this is still heavy mechanical. It's still really limited interaction. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of curious, like, I don't think there's ever going to be a video game version of Dread, which is a... Uh, storytelling game where whenever someone wants to take narrative control they have to play Jenga to do it <laughs> and if the tower falls your character is doomed and that that's how the no, game no goes. thank you so horror Jenga and horror Cupert have been brought up yes what what about in the video game presence what would it take what about you Sam Trent do you have anything you know Trent you played a lot of Silent Hill what would you like to have seen a Silent Hill RPG be well, to be fair, I've played a lot of a bunch of different survival horror games. Yeah, um, that was just the first example that popped up. That was the first example. Um, honestly, I, I couldn't... 
if I were to put any role-playing elements in a horror title, I would put as few as possible, to be honest. Um, I, if, you know, managing personal inventory, um, it, it gets really tough because the reason why I don't like uh, statistics-based stuff in my non-RPGs is because it really does disrupt the flow of the game, I find. It's the same reason why I don't like it when RPG elements are incorporated to first-person shooters, like Destiny or Borderlands. I don't, I don't like the idea of someone who is level 20 shooting the same bullet that someone who is level 5 is, and it being more effective, even though it's a bullet. You know what I mean? It, so, so things like that, I, like, I, I don't like the concept of being able to incrementally improve character's ability to survive in a situation where they shouldn't have that. There should be some desperation, you know? Uh, and, and in games like Kudelka, for instance, the RPG mechanics that are there do not allow characters to, to survive more. In fact, they inhibit the character even more than your normal survival horror game would. So I, I can't see there being a really great mix regardless of how those mechanics would be put in place. Well, okay, I'm actually going to propose something, because th this, this would be my dream, is a game uh, set in a spooky castle, spooky things are roaming about, and your character doesn't advance statistically. There's a set of, basically at, at certain checkpoints, let's say, you can choose one perk or another perk. Let's say you are you get better at sneaking. Like you 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 can walk faster in crap while you're hiding. And the other one lets you sprint longer. So and that and so your playstyle for getting around or you know escaping from the monsters in the spooky castle or maybe how you go about engaging with monsters in the spooky castle. So like at the end you can you can kill a monster if you have the drop on it. That that's your final perk. Let that in let your playstyle kind of inform how you go about it. It's not necessarily a statistical thing, it is just weighing it, options but, against each other. But even that is kind of statistical. Like it, it would be one thing if you hit a certain check mark and they said you either lose your your arm that you use most, or you lose one of your legs. Well, and like, this is it: is that, you can also have it be, and you can also introduce drawbacks as story points too. But like, but, but, but here's here's the thing: it still affects the way that you play the game. Like, if if let's say I reach a point in a game where I'm given the option to either sneak better to avoid all enemies in front of me, or run faster to run past all enemies in front of me, it both. Both of those things decreases the fear and impact that those enemies are supposed to provide because now I can do workarounds, you know? A horror game should not allow me to have workarounds. The few workarounds that I should have are like the five bullets that are left in my gun and that's it. When that's gone, I'm toast, you know? I, I, want, I want a game that looks at me and says... Unless you play it smart, you're screwed, and you're not gonna. It's not gonna get easier at any point in the future. It's gonna. It's not gonna get harder. It's gonna be fair, but it's not gonna be easier. 
I think that makes sense. That's just where I come from. Sam? I don't actually know what I would want, because at the end of the day, I really don't want RPG in my horror games, and I've never been a person who really likes the idea of RPGs being in horror. I mean, I'm also the type of person who likes comedic horror, like, where sometimes it's a cruel joke. You get a good laugh, and then, oh my god, the real thing appears, and you're just like, I'm gonna pee my pants and run (laughs) away sort of thing. Um, it's partially why, like, I've always liked Japanese horror as opposed to North American style horror. Um, Mm. mostly because Japan's a lot more cynical, which just, I think, plays to my senses in some situations. But in terms of games, like, you know, I love the Shadow Hearts series to death. I don't like Kudelka, mind you. Um, but for me, those games, like I said, they have aesthetics of classic horror and gothic but again i would never call them horror rpgs because that truthfully isn't what they are um do i appreciate the humor that they use to kind of show what horror is absolutely because it's japan and it's ridiculous but like i don't i don't think i know what i want at the end of the day like i hate to say it (laughs) i I, I can well i asked the question i'll i'll give my answer on this then what I would like to see is a game that takes just general RPG elements. It could be whatever it wants. It's not trying to put the survival horror aspects into the gameplay. It's not trying to put the horror into the gameplay itself, but that truly takes it into the story and truly takes it, you know, my issue with Parasite Eve isn't. I was about to say, you can download Parasite Eve from PSN for $5.99. Yeah. It's not that it does that bad. It's that I didn't like how it did the RPG aspects of things. I want to see something that focuses more on the story and brings in standard RPG elements that I actually enjoy. I didn't enjoy the gameplay of Parasite Eve. So I would like to see, you know, maybe more party-based stuff and something that takes, you know, the real choices of something like a Mass Effect. You know, maybe Bioware's take on a horror game where you have party members and you have things that where your main character, your shepherd or your warden or your hawk or your inquisitor or whatever goes through these things and deals with stuff and the way they interact with characters, they're good or bad, is no longer good or bad. It's, you know, A or B. What your choices are have different consequences down the road, more so than you're always going to save the world. It takes more of the, you know, the Until Dawn or the Walking Dead approach to those choices, but still blends in other gameplay that's more enjoyable than what Parasite Eve did. So Mm. maybe a Western style developed something like that. I don't know. You You know, Bioware actually did release a horror game, right? Sonic, uh, the, the Sonic, Sonic the Dark Brotherhood. But dumb Tish. Hey, if you played it, I mean. Oh, I did play it. <laughs> Scott did play it. Chills, man, chills. <laughs> oh, he cried. The, the horror whole time. of intentional badness. Maybe that. Maybe that is the true horror in gaming: is knowing, knowing that this is going to be uncooperative and bad but you must do it anyhow i'm trying to remember there was this game on the sega genesis that i absolutely loved and it was like again a corny horror game 
and it had this ghoul character and the object was apparently to like spook people out of the house do do you know what that's called i'm trying to remember because i played the hell out of it for the genesis yeah i think they also put on the super nintendo was zombies ate my neighbors no No. but i love that game that's a a good one no i'm trying to remember it's like it, it was kind of a weird so game in that four games on the Genesis, so I don't really even know what you referred to. But but, so, I'll see but if I here's can find okay, maybe here's my ideal of a horror game. One thing I like that this game did in particular, and I'm going to be mad when I remember the title of it, was that the object of the game was you could jump into objects and use it to spook people. Right. So like, if you jump into an armoire, the armoire would move and scare the person, and basically what would happen is t- the tension level would build for that person. The ultimate goal was to get them out of the house, and it wasn't that easy, because you needed to kind of have... Is it The like, Haunting? Yes! That's the one! That is the one. Um, I believe that's the one. That sounds more accurate than... It had this, like, character who looked like he was out of the 90s. Um, what does that mean? Shut up, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Look up the haunting and see if it's correct. Uh, I'm gonna go with yes, Polter guy. Polter guy, that was it. It's that is that is actually the correct. haunting starring Polter guy. What I liked about that game was just the fact that because you could jump into objects to scare people, like you you couldn't do it every second because that would be too easy, right? Like you actually had to go and collect slime to basically. So it was a hitman game, sort of. But Except you were just scaring people. You were just scaring people out of your house. A, uh... Well, like one of the things you could do, and I remember this being really creepy about the game, um, is if a, someone was in the garage, you could use the power tools and scare the living crap out of them with them. Like one of them was a table saw, and oh, um, again, the game never went to gore levels, but again, it did it with a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor, where you know you go around and mess with people's heads and you kick them out, and it was great. <laughs> That that's what I want, but as an RPG, and now I want to go play that game again. Well, I mean, that's a very different <laughs> that that that's the inverse, and I mean, it might be it'd be kind of interesting to play sort of like a, a, a boo, dungeon, an actual boo haunted house. No, like a dungeon keeper role role reversal in a survival horror game where you have like you are the mastermind behind the zombie apocalypse, and there's some stupid police girl who's a master of unlocking you have to defeat. <laughs> And until dawn, you can sort of orchestrate how everyone dies. Yeah, no, that's not Enough the... until dawn. Don't yeah. ruin it for Trent. I want to hear this. Un- that, that, that's you as author of the game, of your own game experience, not as actor in the game experience. Yeah. Killing Ward from Shield's really hard. Okay. <laughs> so, any final thoughts, guys? I want to go play Polter Guy now. <laughs> Now I really want a Bioware horror RPG that's not Sonic. <laughs> I mean, I, well, my the, my only thought is we had a, a really neat discussion about Bloodborne, and I still haven't picked the game up yet, so it's got me intrigued. So yeah, something you can play if for you, Halloween. If you definitely, if you like the you know, the Lovecraft style horror stuff, it does turn into that. I wouldn't ever say the game is scary in any means whatsoever of like jump scares or anything like that but in terms of you know fighting hard enemies things that surprise you things that aren't what they seem making you think things are there or kind of seeing things that aren't truly there it does that and it does that well okay yeah um so that gives us 
feedback. So uh, last, so from last time, uh, Davey D likes Growlancer too. Well, he said he hadn't played Growlancer too. Okay, he he. Likes, but he likes the game. I, I meant Growlancer as well. Better, Growlancer's great. Like I, it doesn't get enough love, and it had some interesting ideas of you know morality. And I mean, obviously, he enjoys Dragon Age Origins and The Witcher. Um, he likes how pillars did stuff. He he, he thinks pillars is an interesting example of paladins. Uh, With there's the paladin. That's a joke. I know <laughs> it's a bad joke. <laughs> and Whatever. Gaijin has given us a uh, pun, so he is condemned to the sixth circle of pun hell. I thought it was with, the seventh realm of pun hell with the ten inch uh, pianists. That's pretty bad for him. Which oh, is what we that, meant to say. That, we love you, Michael bad. Baker. <laughs> no, Scott doesn't, but I still do. Pun hell. All right. So, any other topics on the agenda? Is, I, do you have um, your grinding of the gears? No, but I will mention that two of us on this show are going to be doing extra life. There's still time to donate, so that or join a team, or join our team, even if you want to canvas for donations really fast. But uh, obviously, most ninety percent of any money we raise is going to end up at the chil- Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. And uh, actually help out. It's going to be fun. We're going to be tweeting the whole experience. There might be some manner of streams. I don't know. But thank you don't for any... Don't cross the streams, whatever you do. <laughs> it will be bad. But uh, any... Ghostbusters level bad. Any, any support you give us is super rad. Yeah. Highly recommend supporting this stuff. So why haven't you done it, Mac? Yet. Yet. I know. I'm just saying. It will happen. Oh, the guilt is real. The guilt is <laughs> the real. The guilt is real. <laughs> the guilt is the real. So uh, next time, I think we should revisit Square Enix as a publisher, because they might have learned something. Uh, why? They no, I want something. a new topic. No, I don't want to talk about Square Enix. I don't want to talk about Square Enix anymore either. Scott, pick a new topic. <laughs> we we could have a surprise topic for next time. All right, surprise topic for next time. Oh my god, Dragon Quest Heroes and why it's not an <laughs> RPG, but I don't care. <laughs> That's not an episode of our show. <laughs> That's oh. that'd be a wonderful episode for RPG Cast, though. Uh, I'm excited to play it. I hear it's more than just a spinoff. Oh, I know. I'm just joking because I'm actually really jazzed for it. Yeah, jazz hands, jazz hands. We love you. Good night. Yay. Uh, obviously, comments are nice. Share us with other people. If you think we're old and crotchety, you are correct. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm young and I hot, am. so. And crotchety. obviously, you still have plenty of time to join the Sam Marcello I fan club. Just send nine ninety five. You know, the sad part is I introduce myself with my actual new last name but no the, the name of your fan club is the sam marcello so really fan it's not club. a fan club about me anymore <laughs> who's to say that what if we're just a fan of past you yeah past you you married me you idiot <laughs> mac and i didn't no no no. But, no i'm talking about the idiot who's laughing in front of me because you know he thinks that yeah he loved past me no, I'm Plus a fan of past you. I love you every day. Oh, that was a nice cover-up. Oh, no, that was not a cover-up. That was Thumbs up. tender and heartwarming. That was right 
from the core of my feels right there. I'm uncomfortable, you guys. All the feels. Oh no, I'm, I'm seriously uncomfortable right now. I don't blame you. <laughs> I am too, and I'm not even involved. Don't but get involved. You all <laughs> have, have a, good a night. fantastic night. Oh See you God, yes. next time. The Active Topical Banter Show is an RP Gamer production, all rights reserved. Visit rpgamer.com for contact info, discussions, and other great content. Music by Nubuo Ematsu, arrangements courtesy of ocremix.com. Trent, are you reading pornography? No. How can, how can you read pornography? I don't know. <laughs> Erotic fan fiction? That's better. Nope. That's not happening. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Dakota? Dakota, stop stealing Scott's pants. <laughs> He's not wearing them, right? He's not wearing no, them. No, why so would she, I wear pants? So she's decided that they're her pants now. <laughs> yeah, I'm also not wearing pants. As is good and proper for the show. Except me, I'm totally wearing pants. Well, you're talking about Yakuza, or you're talking about Shinmu? Yeah. I assume we've already started the horror discussion. Then. <laughs> <laughs> tish. He's Trent, and that's Mac. Oh, God, please tell me that's not the intro. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I am in so much trouble right now. <laughs> Once. One time. One intro. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please. One intro. One. Sorry. One. <laughs> now that you've put the mic closer to my face, I mean, it's a bit of a problem. Gone for 20 seconds. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. And it all falls apart. Spooky co-host my ass. <laughs> all right. All right. Three, two, one.